Hi, I'm Walter Harvey, the senior pastor at Parklawn Assembly of God. Parklawn is a church that both regular attenders and even unchurched people love to attend. Why? Perhaps it's because we seek real and authentic relationships. We're a multicultural church that's engaged in volunteerism and outreach in our community and world. Let's face it, we live in a real world. Young people are facing challenges in their school, relationships, and career choices. That's why we're focused on practical matters, such as making faith work in family, career, and community issues. If you're tired of church as usual, or you don't go to church at all, then Park Lawn Assembly of God could be the perfect place for you. Come check it out this weekend. We have services each Sunday morning at 8 a.m. and 11 a.m. Park Lawn Assembly of God is located at 3725 North Sherman Boulevard, right in the heart of the city of Milwaukee. You can contact us by phone or on the web at either 414-442-7411 or at www.parklawn.org. I hope to meet you soon. These principles that are getting shared today and that have been getting shared over the last few weeks apply to every single one of us if we apply them to our lives. So these topics that have been discussed thus far include quit being afraid of what others think, quit lying, quit dying to the wrong things, quit denying anger, sadness, and fear, quit blaming, quit overfunctioning, quit faulty thinking, Quit living someone else's life. Those are good principles. So today we are going to have three of these principles presented to us. The first young lady that I'm going to introduce, her name is Sister Lily Cheney, and she's going to be presenting Quit Lying. Lily is a pharmacy supervisor at Aurora Pharmacy. She received her pharmacy degree in 1991 at the University of Wisconsin in Madison. She is the wife of Gary Cheney and the proud mother of six. She accepted Christ while in college and at Parklawn serves as a marriage ministry life group leader, women's network leader and altar worker. She enjoys spending time with her family, jogging, and outdoor activities. Let's welcome Lily Cheney up to the stage this morning. Good morning, everyone. Well, let's bow our heads. I'm going to pray. Oh, it's dark up here. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this day, Lord. I thank you just for this opportunity, God, to share your word, oh God. I thank you for your grace and your mercy, God, because your grace and mercy truly have, have helped me and have kept me. So God, help me to decrease so that you may increase in me, Lord. And I pray that this word um, helps me and everyone. And I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As uh, Pastor Sonia mentioned earlier, she mentioned uh, my name is Lily Cheney. Um, and she also mentioned that we already talked about certain principles, and one of them is stop lying. We've already talked about my subject, but there is more. So today I'll present to you Stop lying. So what is lying? Lying is to practice deceit, falsehood, treachery, either by word or action. And where does it come from? Where does lying come from? Yep. John 8 and 44 tells us, paraphrase, I'm going to paraphrase it. You are... You are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He is a liar and the father of it. Lying without repentance and forgiveness leads to spiritual death and ultimately the lake of fire, as is stated in Revelations 21 and 8. We should be faithful to the word. And if we have lied, we need to seek forgiveness. 
So right now, I'm just asking anybody who I've lied to, I'm sure we've all lied, I've lied, <laughs> in, in word or deed, please forgive me. You know, you have to be open and honest. Please forgive me. Um, and you can lie to yourself. I'm asking myself, self, forgive me. You know, we can lie to ourselves. And Sister Sharon talked about lying so well, but I'm going to talk about lying to yourself. Men, women, you can lie to yourself. And then you can lead a, a life of pretense. And we don't want to do that. Because what we said lying led to, it can ultimately lead to the lake of fire. It could lead you to, you know, go to hell. So we don't want to do that. Um, and, you know, lying to yourself is also tied to um, your self-esteem and your values. So you don't want to lie to yourself. Um, 1 John 1 and 9 says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and righteousness. I mean, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all, from all unrighteousness. So, you know, we can lie, but we need to ask God for forgiveness. It's not that we can lie, it just sometimes it can happen. But we need to continually ask him for forgiveness. Um, the author Jerry Scazzaro, he wants us as women to know our hearts. Um, she wants us to know our story, and she wants us to know our personality. Many of us uh, women, we, we can do a lot of things um, that can make us not even know our heart, not even know our personality, know our story, because I'm not alone. I know we talked about uh, over-functioning. I'm a woman that over-functions, and if we poll the audience, a lot of women already over-function, and they don't take time for themselves, and they lose themselves. So we got to know ourselves so we don't lie to ourselves. So I just had to ask myself, Lord, Lord, who am I? What is my personality? What is my heart? Um, so let me tell you a little bit about myself, a, a little bit about my character. Um, I, when I begin to reflect on myself, I, I felt like I was a person that was, um, I sum it up as like a determined person, a person that had a lot of determination. Uh, determination can be good, but it, it can also be bad. Um, when, I, when, I, when I thought about how determined I was, I thought about some things that I did in my life. Like when I was in high school, I joined the cross country team just to, just to, um, for conditioning. And everybody know how hard cross country is. That means you have to run two miles every day. I mean, when you run a race, it's two miles. But when you condition it, you can be running like five miles a day. And that's pretty hard. So um, the first thing that let me know that I was, kinda, I was pretty determined was when um, we ran our first race. When we ran our first race, um, there was only two girls at my school that was on the cross country team, me and another girl. And when we got to the um, race, there were like a hundred girls running, a hundred girls. And the, we had a lot of guys on the team, but the guys told me, Lily, don't get behind, get in the front. Because if you get behind, they're gonna crowd you out. And uh, you're gonna be you know, like in last place or you're gonna be in the back and you'll never be able to go to the front. And me being a determined person, I was like, no, 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 I don't want that to happen. So what I did was I got in the front. The other young lady didn't want to get in the front because you know, she was there for conditioning too, but she was like, well, as long as I don't come in last place. 
So I said, no, no, I'm not going to be with her because I don't, I don't want to take that chance. I don't want to be back there. So um, I got close to the front. And when I got in the front, I was so afraid to stop. I was really tired. But because I'm determined, I got in the front and stayed in the front and, and wouldn't quit. I just kept going and I kept going and kept going. And with this race of 100, I was like in third place on my first race. And I was like, wow, woo. <laughs> and I was like, woo, man, I don't want to do that again. I was saying to myself, <laughs> they was like, who was that? Oh, you don't want to know me. Oh, man, I'm tired. Woo! That was the hardest thing in my life. That's what I felt like. <laughs> but I was determined not to be last or way in the back. And I was determined to, you know, finish college, and I did, and finish pharmacy school. It was very hard. I finished. <laughs> you know, I was determined to, you know, stay in my marriage, and I'm still in my marriage. I've been married for 23 years to my wonderful husband. <laughs> marriage is nothing that I, I, I didn't see a lot of people staying together, uh, working it out, and doing well. And I thank the Lord that, you know, he kept me. It was just through the Lord. And then I was determined to just not quit at a lot of stuff, you know, and work. Um, I had four biological children, so I was determined to work. I was determined to just see my way through, even when I didn't feel like it. Um, when I had my kids, each and every one of my with each and every one of my kids, I had morning sickness. Like four months, every day, throwing up, every single day. As soon as I hit the hit the hit the uh, floor in the morning, I threw up on the way to work, at work. But I was determined not to quit. You know, I just kept going. And I guess you guys are saying, why are you saying all this? You know, um, sometimes your personality trait can be a hindrance to you in, in Christ too. Um, it can lead you to believe that you can do things on your own. And that's like one of my first points, that the, the devil, well, your personality trait and the devil can make you think you can do things on your own. And we can't do, we can't do anything without the Lord. Um, I lie and often tell myself, you know, certain things. And when I do, do, do things on my own and things that I shouldn't be doing, that pretty much leads to re resentment. Um, especially when I don't ask for help. Like, I'm finding out in life, I'm finding out that life can be so unbearable at times. It can be overwhelming at times. And yes, you know, it can be more than we can, and, and life can be more than we can handle. You know, we say God will put more on us than we can handle, but sometimes we put more on ourselves than we can handle. And it can be overbearing. Um, so... You know, we can't do things on our own. I can't do things on my own. That lets me know that I need the Lord. I need the Lord in whatever I do. I need the Lord when whatever I say. I need the Lord. Um, we all need the Lord. Um, sometimes we are so proudful that we need, we need that reminder. We need that reminder that we need the Lord. Um, when life gets in a spiral, in a spiral, uh, storms come. We just know that we need the Lord. We don't like trials and tribulations and being in the wilderness. We don't like it. None of us like it. But oh, we see the value when we come out on the other side. Trials come. Trials come and they can make us stronger but only if we let God, only if we seek God, only if we seek his face. So we just got to seek his face. 
I'm finding that um, as I get older, more trials are coming. And I, I know a lot of you are. People are dying young, but as I get older, a lot of people are dying. And those trials, that's a trial. We, we, we have to uh, endure certain things. And we only can do it through the help of the Lord. And I thank God that God is just helping me endure certain things. You know, it says, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. I can't do everything, but I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Um, we need people to hold us up. I'm guilty of not letting people hold me up sometimes. Not letting people hold me up in weakness. David had Jonathan. Moses had Aaron. We need people to hold us up. We need to do what, do what God wants us to do. We, know, we need to do what God tells us to do, not what we want to do. Um, and we need to stay in our lane. We definitely need to stay in our lanes. If we don't, you know, these bodies can fail us. That's what I'm finding. My body has failed me quite a few times. And I said, Lord, I need your help. Whenever I try to get out of his will, you know, when I don't invite God into my life, if I don't invite God into my presence, I'm on my own. And God doesn't want that. Proverbs 3, 5 through 7 says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. We have to be not wise in our own understanding. We need to fear God and depart from evil. So as long as I do that, God, God is with me. God directs me. He makes it easier. He makes it right. But as long as I, no matter how long you've been saved, no matter how long um, you've been doing anything, if you don't have God, you have nothing. So that's what I'm finding out. I can't lie to myself. I can't pretend that I can do it on my own. I can't pretend that I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. I just need to walk with the Lord and be with the Lord. Meditate. Pray. Do everything that it, that, that, um, it took for me to live for him, to grow in him. If, if I don't keep praying, if I don't keep fasting, if I don't keep uh, reading his word, I'm going to die. So that's the lie that the enemy could tell you that you don't need him. We need him. Salvation alone is, is not enough. So this is, this is my version of, of lying, you know, lying to myself. I got to stop lying to myself. I need the Lord. I need him like never before. John 8 and 32 says, and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Let's all be free today. And I propose to be free. I'm determined to be free. Thank you. Praise God. That was a good word. Amen. Next up, we have Miss Andrea Taylor. I'm going to tell you, yes, give it up for her. Andrea Taylor is the daughter of Anthony and Gloria Jones. One of her greatest joys is being married to Derek Taylor for 13 years. And the mother of their three children, Derek Jr., Amira, and Ava. Andrea has worked in the healthcare field as a phlebotomist. She and her husband passionately and humbly serve as the children ministry leaders here at Parklawn. Her hobbies include spending time with her family and bargain shopping. <laughs> she will be presenting Quit Fearing What Other People Think About You and Choose Freedom instead. Let's welcome Andrea. 
Well, let me take a few seconds really quick to get this stuff set up. We know that we're not in the sanctuary. So I got to make my own stopwatch here and be a good steward over the time, Jesus. There we go here. All right, got that one. All right, well, amen. Amen, amen. Good God-given morning, um, Parkline. I want to tell you all, it is such an honor to be here. Um, and I, first and foremost, I just want to pay homage to Bishop and First Lady. Amen. We know that to turn over the pulpit, the stage, the gym to anyone for that matter is always typically kind of a struggle sometimes. But for our Bishop and First Lady, they are so confident in Christ. They will open it up for a month, for two days. They don't care about the parking lot. The numbers decrease. They are so humble, and they are so faithful to their God that it is, um, it's just a blessing to serve under that kind of leadership. Amen? So we're really grateful for that. Um, thank you, Jesus. <sighs> Got to have a truth moment with y'all. So as I'm reading this book, I cannot stand before you all and not have that truth moment. Um, Knowing I have um, a few mentors here that I'm so grateful and so blessed um, that they pour down their wisdom. If y'all ever see me, I typically hang with the, I don't like to say silver saints, those with wisdom. So they may have some silver here, Minister Ruby, you know, somebody. So I like to get poured into, um, and it's rare. Typically, I'm always the one pouring out my cup. So I, I kind of walk around a little thin, and they be like, uh-uh, lift up your head. You know, Mother Lois, I was, I was fussing one weekend. She said, and you think you're the only one? I said, ooh, Jesus. Well, I'm blessed and highly favored. Never mind then, never mind. I'm not the only one, all right? And so when you have that and when they can look at your face and tell you it's okay. Um, my truth moment was that um, I was speaking to Sister Teresa and... I'm talking and I'm getting my PowerPoints together because Priscilla is, is on you. If y'all don't know Priscilla, she plays no games. She's going to ride you for these PowerPoints, these bullets, okay? And so I said, well, do I have the, the Jumbotron? And I got, she said, well, no, you're going to be in the gym. <laughs> I ain't got no PowerPoint. I ain't got no YouTube clip. I was kind of, you know, that was my aid. I'm in children's ministry. We need a visual. Amen. <laughs> so I, I don't have that. Okay. Um. I'll make it work. But again, the truth moment was, I said, Lord, they're going to have to look at me for the whole 15 minutes. I ain't got no YouTube, and I can kind of go ahead and turn around for a second and look back at my notes and fumble a page through. Y'all going to look at me the whole time? And the Lord said, they need to hear you, all of you. Be transparent. Don't rely on the jumbotron. That's our problem now with technology. You're telling your kids, put the tablet down. Ava, put the tablet down. Don't look at my baby. Don't look at my baby because she got a tablet right now. But the reality of it is, is we get so stuck in routine and comfortability. Amen. Even today, the gym, why be going to the gym? What's wrong with the gym? What we doing? You want to see change? Change your praise and worship song. Come on. Amen. Let's be real. Well, what song is this? Well, I don't know this song. It ain't really touching my spirit. Well, what's wrong with your spirit? If you're connected with the words and not by who's singing it up here, amen, then it wouldn't matter. Just saying. So I say all that to say that I had to put down my fear. I had to quit thinking about what somebody may say because I'm not, I'm not this or I'm not this. I'm Andrea Taylor, okay? I am saved. I am working on me to be a better me. And if I'm not real with myself, how can I pour into my children? They're watching me. So when this cape comes off, because I can't do it all, but I'm acting like I can. But I can't. I need help. So I come to everyone today, the men and the women, take off this cape of lies. Take it off. We can't. Men of God, y'all don't know all the answers. It's okay. I want to call my husband. Hey, baby, I hear a little tink tink in the car. What's that? Listen. <laughs> baby, I don't know what that is. Oh, amen. All right. You don't know everything, and it's okay. It's all right. Women, we got to stop. Stop masking behind it. Stop masking behind the pain that we have. Those secret sins that no one knows about, he does. He does. You, we're running off of fumes, and we're wondering why we're not doing things to our best potential. We got too much on our plate. Take some of it off and realize what's really important. If I say yes, who am I saying no to? I've been saying yes for so long, 
Yeah, I don't even know who I am anymore. Someone asked me, well, what happened? You had such long, beautiful hair. You done cut it all off. Girl, you, you okay? I'm fine. I'm fine with who I am. So if I got to start over and learn who I am, because for so long I have been so many things for so many people, who is Antria? Who am I? So I'm going to read to you guys something that um, I've had. That movie, War Room, I don't know if anyone has ever watched that. I'm going to tell you, if you've never watched it, watch it. And if you watch it again, watch it again. When I tell you that movie, it's amazing how God would do some things. Um, and my husband and I, we bought another home, and it was some struggles with that that came along. And we're going through the home, and we're looking at, oh, this guy, oh, okay, four bedrooms. Oh, Jesus, three bathrooms. Okay, Lord. And we get upstairs to this room, and the lady's like, well, I don't know what they had in here, and it must have been maybe a closet or something. Oh, I know what that is. That's my prayer room. Don't worry about it. That's the bonus room. I'll take that one. Thank you. Thanks. I'll take it. And so I, I want to share something with you guys that I've had in my room, I'm in their prayer room for a long time. And that's my sacred place. The kids don't go in there. They don't play with it. They already know what time it is. So let me share this really, really quick with you all. Medical sources say she died of natural causes. But those who knew her knew she died from being silent when she should have been screaming, smiling when she should have been raging from being sick and not wanting anyone to know because her pain might inconvenience someone. She died from an overdose of other people clinging to her when she didn't even have enough energy for herself. So when I tell you silently suffering, what if I say yes? What if I say no? Will they still like me? Learning how to say no. What if I can't put the cape on today, Jesus? We got to stop doing his job. Scoot over. He's driving for a reason. Amen? I'm always the one. Let me just say sorry because it's some tension. I don't even know why. My husband and I, I would just say, hey, honey, I'm sorry. Now, we ain't talking. What's going on? We're wasting valuable time because of pride. Well, let me humble myself. Somebody's got to be humble in a relationship or it ain't going nowhere. Two people cannot not care at the same time. That's a destructive relationship. Amen? And so I challenge you all today to think about your life, reflect on it, okay? Because so many years, I didn't see it. I'm going, I'm going, I'm looking for a void. I feel it. Well, Lord, they called my phone, so this, this must, okay, Lord, I can't say no. Let me go ahead and do it. But what the account say? Well, it ain't said negative, so girl, go ahead. Here you go. You need this, you need this. And I realize again with my yes, it's impacting my own household. The word tells us all the time that, again, I'm just going to paraphrase, that if we can't be a good student over our own home, how am I going to be blessing somebody else's children in children's ministry? How am I going to lay hands on your children when my own children are being neglected at home because I'm here and I'm there and I'm running for your child and I'm at the hospital? But what about my children in their own home saying, but ma, I didn't ask you for three weeks. But ma, you can't make this one again. But ma, who's going to be there for our children if we're not taking care of our own home? So again, I tell you, I have to take off this cape and I have to be real and say I too need help. I too have to find out who I am in Christ before I can help anyone else. I cannot be, uh, you know, the best mom that I can be or the best wife. Being fearful of saying Oh, well, I mean, is it okay? Jerry, um, in, the, in the book, I know I'm getting um, a, little, a little away because I wanted you guys to really focus on the book, but when the spirit is moving, it is, it's difficult to kind of go back. But Jerry was, um, uh, the author, is so amazing, and she was just talking about all of the times we want to say no, but we're nervous, and you go to the mechanic, and you drop your car off, and you say, fix my brakes. That's it. That's it. I don't want to hear about a tink, tink, a ding, ding. I said my brakes. So when the phone call rings, well, you know, if you don't get this fixed, it ain't looking good for your car. And it went from 89 to 289. Jesus, I didn't say that, but how do I say no? Okay, well, I guess I need to get it fixed then. No, listen, sir, fix the brakes. So I'm learning how to find that no voice. It's in there somewhere. I'm learning how, you know? And so um, really quick, one more thing that I really wanted to, to say. She gives some metaphors in the book. Um, 
And these, if you want to, to jot down, you can. But quit fear, choose freedom. Quit lies, choose your faith. You know, we, we will say yes to somebody else before I've even consulted the Lord. I didn't say yes, but Lord, did I even ask you? Did I discuss that with you first before I didn't say yes? I've said yes to you about helping you with this event, but I have I consulted my husband. Have I consulted our finances before I said yes? Okay. So now I have to learn creative ways. It's not to just say no and stare off every relationship, but I got to think about my own health. So we're talking about a health care plan. What about my own spiritual health, my mental health, my emotional health? I've got to help myself first before I can help you, baby. And I, and I go back to my upbringing really quick, and um, it was a phenomenal upbringing. I will say my parents did the best job that they could do. Um, they worked a lot. You know, on, on the block, we used to, my parents are still currently there. And we were known as a Kool-Aid house. Now, for some of you all, y'all like the Kool-Aid house, what does that mean? Well, mom and dad worked a lot, amen? We had both our parents, we had two cars, so we was like the house, right? Y'all got both parents? Ain't he there every day? Girl, everybody was, Daddy, hey, Daddy. Everybody calling my, my dad, Dad, and my mom, Mom. And I realized, even in those moments, though, of learning, all we did was serve other people. Amen. They come over, we're making their plates, we're helping them to their car. Our neighbors, there's groceries, we're helping them as well. Um, and so we understand that even with all of that, I'm still learning how to serve others before myself. Amen? So even though it wasn't my parents' intention, we're growing up. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Sister Teresa was on the elevator. She said, I knew you was here because I heard you saying, yes, ma'am. That's how I talk. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. And so even with all of that, I never really learned how to say no. And so I don't play, I'm not going to play the blame game and say, well, mom, you should have shown me how to say no. Because as a child, I wanted her to say yes. Amen? I didn't want the no. And so as an adult, I realized the impact that that, that that has on my marriage, on my children. And I'm so thankful to have a man of God um, in, in, in my life and in my children's lives that he helps me. Hey, give me the phone. All right, well, let me give you the phone then because I'm going to tell a yes. And so we have to make sure that we surround ourselves with people that are going someplace. If you're the only person in a relationship that's pouring out in your girlfriends and your circle and your clique, then it's time for you to find a different clique. Get a, get a different click that's going to help you get to the next level in life, right? So I ask you to just survey your life, and sometimes we can't see our own issues. It takes someone else that you can trust and opinion. Hey, you know what? I was just thinking, hey, how do you see me? So maybe sometimes we get so caught up, hey, this just is who it is. I am who I am. Ain't nothing wrong with me. I'm still blessed. I'm by the best. I'm too blessed to be stressed. We can say all of those cliche, I, those, those, cliche, those cliche things, but... Do we really know who we are? So I, I urge you, if you don't know, if you feel like I don't have anything I can work on, even take this. Change. Change. Coming from the sanctuary to make a, a huge move as far as renovating the whole sanctuary to doing the parking lot, it always leaves room, room for criticism. Somebody going to say something. Somebody going to utter something. The silent judging, it ain't silent, y'all. We can hear. It ain't silent. But again, we have to know, and Benjamin First Lady knows, that their faith walk is bigger than any type of judgment that they're going to get. They're going to still do it, amen, and in grace. And so I just encourage you all that even when you think that you can do enough, and I can do one more thing on my plate, you never know what it's going to take for that plate to tip over. Thanksgiving just came, right? You got your plate. You're trying to get one more piece of bread. Just If I can just put it, put it right there, I can balance it. Oh, did my roll just fall? It just fell. Why? Because you got too much stuff on your plate. You got too much stuff on your plate, amen? We had prayer night. Um, you know, we used to have it once a month, and I know we have some things that's going on now, so it's been postponed, but we hadn't been able to get fed. We were so focused on making sure that we can feed others and doing it to where it was just at an unhealthy place, where we hadn't been in a sanctuary, again, being transparent, hadn't been in a sanctuary in eight months, it's easy to say, go get fed. Go and get fed. That ain't healthy. But what's the tools that we have? So what we see in part one, follow up with a part two. What suggestion do you have? Will you take over for a brother or sister so we can go ahead and get fed? Will you just, will you just say and will you critique? 
Or will you be like a few of them here that were so faithful to my husband and my family that said, I said, shut it down. I ain't looking at you over there, Sister Teresa. I said, shut it down. The Mother Rubies of the church, the, the, the Mother Loises. And I tell you guys, nuzzle up under wisdom. It's nothing like it. Nuzzle up under wisdom. Nuzzle up with someone who was going someplace. I, I, I told my husband, I said, baby, if we don't get to this prayer, I don't know. I don't know. And I walked into the prayer room. I mean, not to the prayer room. I walked into the sanctuary, another thing of a prayer room. Where you supposed to see light? I seen darkness. The Lord had positioned an angel just for me on that night. You all know her as, I call her Mother Hope. As she stood there, she stretched her arms out to me. And I cried like a baby. Y'all, I had been holding it in for so long of saying yes to so many people. And I had been saying no to myself. I laid there and the spirit took over so much that when I woke up, she said, baby, you were snoring. Snoring? Jesus, was I tired or was that the spirit? I, I didn't really know. But I tell you, when you feel like you shouldn't be pressing, press on. When you feel like I should just stop, keep going. When you come to church and you don't feel like it, your hallelujah, your amen is meant for somebody. Somebody's depending on your amen for you to say it. When you come and it's not always for you and your game, it's maybe for someone else. So I had no idea that one hug away could prevent me from seeing light again for my own family. So I encourage you all, when you see someone saying, hey, how you doing? Be more mindful of that. What if they're not doing okay? Think past that smile. Think past, I'm okay, I'm blessed, all right. Think past the makeup, think past the hair. Knowing that they want to, guess what? What they want to do? They want to take it off too. And they want to say, I am here, I need help, and I'm not anyone's superhero. I need someone to save me, but he did that. His name is Jesus. God bless you all. I love you all. And I appreciate you for giving me this time. God bless you all. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Quit fearing what other people think about you. Choose freedom instead. That was a word. Moving right along, we have a beautiful young woman named Willie Steele that I'm going to welcome up. Willie is a proud woman of God that's been saved for 35 years and has been married to Elder Irving Steele for 43 years. She's a proud mother of four, grandmother of 10, and has one great-granddaughter. As a member of Parkland for over 31 years, she has served as an usher, worked in the nursery, served as Sunday school leader, has done follow-up calls, helped with pregnancy assistance, and prison ministries. She currently serves as a life group leader. Let's welcome Willie Steele as she prevents quit over functioning. Oh no, take your time. I can help you get this. There you go. Thank you so much. You have to wait on us senior citizens. And be patient. <laughs> and remember, God ain't through with us yet either. <laughs> okay. These ladies, they, sh they have just been delivered. I'm telling you, we have such freedom here today. As I listen to all these young ladies going through things. And remembering that they are young. 
and they should be thanking Jerry that she, she uh, uh, helping them not to go through some of the things that we went through to get to that point, you know? Because it, it, was, uh, it might be a struggle, but God is in it, you know? And he taught us along the way how to deal with certain things. In the scripture that I chose was about Martha that Jerry was talking about. And I'm sure a lot of you ladies today, this morning, since, Val uh, since uh, uh, Thanksgiving has just passed by, you know about Martha. Because some of you were Marthas this past Thanksgiving, weren't you? You were so busy, so busy in the kitchen that you did not have a chance to enjoy the company that you had. And a lot of resentment came forth because some of you husbands and children, you doing all the work and they were getting all the joy, the football games and everything else. So you don't tell me that. I know it is, cause mother was too. <laughs> okay, my scripture come from uh, Luke chapter 10, verse 38 through 41. Let me find it here. And let me read it. I didn't think I was going to be able to see up here. I didn't think I'd have enough light, but I do. Praise God, he let his light shine. They paid the bill. <laughs> 38. Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him in, into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone. Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. Mary chose to sit at Jesus' feet. And sometimes we as women, young women, you are going to be over-functioning because there's a season in your life. You have children. Some of you are single parent, and other ones have husbands. So you have children, husband, and everything to deal with there. And you go over-functioning because, as my mother always said, and her mother told her, when they're young, they're on your lap. So you got to do everything for them, you know? And it, because you have to do everything, they got you got they got to obey you. But she said, when they're old, they're on your heart. And most of us just found that out, <laughs> because when they get what 13, 14, 15, especially being a black boy, mm -mm. so they're on your heart, and you're praying for them all the time. So in this case, as Thanksgiving has passed, and all the cleaning and everything is done. And you've overfunctioned and overfed and all the food. I, I used to love to do everything by scratch. You know, cakes, you know. I didn't like those box cakes. And so what happened is my sister-in-law, she always brought Duncan and, and Phil. <laughs> and so I, <laughs> I determined that I don't like Duncan and I don't like Phil. Give me a, a cake made from scratch, you know. So I took on everything when she came. We always did Thanksgiving and Christmas together. They, she would, they would come from Illinois, or we would come from here and go to Illinois for the meal. And so I would take on all that. And sometimes I just wanted them to be comfortable, you know? But by the time the meal was, was served, I was too poop. I couldn't even eat, you know? And so this um, last, last year, I told my, asked my daughter about doing it. She said, Mama, you ain't roping me into that. She said, I am not going to take on that responsibility, what you did, because I watched you do it. And it was not, she didn't see it as being enjoyable. I'm thinking I'm making good memories, and all she saw was the negativeness of it. And she told me she wasn't going to do it. She wasn't stressing herself out like that. And then I tried to lay a guilt trip on her. 
and she wouldn't receive that either. She said, I don't care what you said, it's no. But she changed her mind and she, she cooked just for me, my husband, and my son. <laughs> she did, it called me the next week and said, well, we decided to do this, you know. But she has a lot of help from her husband. Ladies, let them husbands help, okay? <laughs> I told my little granddaughter, I said, if you get married, I said, don't spoil him. I said, you put him to work. <laughs> but anyway, my husband didn't know that. I ain't gonna even look at him. <laughs> but I was, I was kind of teed off at him because he got here. He comes with his blanket on the sofa with his feet put up out there. <laughs> is, is the food ready yet? <laughs> he don't know what I wanted to say. I have learned to keep my mouth shut a little bit. Okay. He don't think I know. He always says, well, everything in your head come out your mouth. But he don't know that I do hold something back. <laughs> he ain't heard it all. But that's, that's a form of over-functioning when you take on more than you really can do. And so this year I had decided I'm not going to do it. We want to do it traditionally anyway because we, we call fish. We had fried catfish. So <laughs> that's what the kids ask for, catfish, fried chicken, because they don't eat all that fried food, you know. But my little granddaughter, she wanted to bake a cake, so she wanted to do it from scratch. So I'm going to help her show her how to do it. Well, she didn't show up until Thursday morning, and that put more pressure on me. So, but I did it anyway and made her a little cake, and I don't think she liked it because she didn't like the taste of the butter in it. So <laughs> she didn't take much of it. But the, the pressure was putting on because here they come with all this food, and I didn't intend for all this food to be in this house. Take this food home with you. I, ain't, I don't have nowhere to put it, and I don't want to eat it because I, I need to lose some weight. You know, so, and if it's here, I'm going to eat it. So we had a nice Thanksgiving anyway. We did. Yes, we did. But another thing, well, as uh, Sister Sonia was telling you, the different ministries and stuff that I've been in here at Parkland and outside, that is not all of it. It's a lot more. But what happened was I was involved in all these ministries. All these ministries. You know the Bible talk about having a zeal but a lack of knowledge. I was involved in all these ministries. I was going to start it out just once a month at Tachita. Then it went to twice a month at Tachita. Then it was at Metro. And then it was about doing Bible study at Metro. And then I had my youngest son, too. I had a baby, too. And I was working, sometimes nine hours. And I was involved in all these ministries, and I left God out of it. And if you leave God out of it, all it is is about is work, work, work. So I, I consulted, I decided to consult with him. I'm doing all these things. And God had told me that if I did one thing and did it to his glory, because the Bible tells us that if we do that and work it like we're working it unto him, he got no problem. I ain't working my way into heaven. Ephesians says that, that, that I'm saved by grace through faith. And that not of myself. It's a gift of God. So I dropped out of everything, even every, all the ministries here at Parkland and all the ministry outside of Parkland. I dropped out of everything and waited for God to tell me what to do. So it's best to consult him before, before you have to go through all that. And that's why I'm saying the lady, Jerry went through all these things. And you got to remember, Jerry was a pastor's wife. And a pastor's wife, back in those days, I'm sure she's older now, but they, they had to take on a lot. And they had to take on a lot of people, too. Because I watched how Pastor Culver's wife was. She was like a mother. So, but, so everybody running to them, you know, and everything. So it's, it's just a, it's a lot, counseling and everything. So that's what Jerry did. Remember that. And I say this to say that just because someone says, and forgive me, Pastor Jay, I don't mean to be, be, be putting you down because you said that after 5 o'clock, you don't answer your phone. We ought to point people to Jesus because Jesus don't have no 9 to 5. Jesus is 24-7. Is so when you need somebody and you can't get them after 5 o'clock, you can call up on, on Jesus. And that's who he's supposed to be because he says, I be lifted up. I draw all men unto me. And he has the answer to all our, 
our prayers. He has the answer to everything. So I understand we're human beings. So human beings get tired. Human beings have families that they have to consider. Human beings have children because I've been told that we have so many children that's in the incarcerated and most of them are Christian, came from a Christian home. So somebody was neglected and even if they weren't, then uh, they, 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 they listen to other kids anyway. Anyway, all the things that you do and they still go their own way. But remember that God said that they will come back. They will come back if you keep praying for them. So we do have to consult God in everything that we do. Now, both Mary and Martha loved Jesus. Both Mary and Martha loved, uh, or, or was on occasion, on this occasion rather, they were both serving him. But Martha thought Mary's style of serving was uh, inferior to hers. She didn't realize in her desire to serve, she was actually neglecting her guests. Are you busy doing things for Jesus that, you're, that uh, you're not spending any time with him? Don't let your service become your safe service, self-serve, serving yourself. Jesus did not blame Martha for being concerned about household chores. He was um, only asking her to set priorities. And in our lives, we have to have priorities. What comes first? Service to Christ can uh, degenerate into mere busy work that is totally devoted, devoid of uh, devotion to God. And our whole devotion is to be to him. Because in, in uh, Psalms, it says that, uh, that he would direct our, our, our steps. He says that he's a light to us, uh, our, our feet. What was that? The light to our feet and the, a light, there you go, and a lamp to our pathway, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I didn't write that down, it just came to me. <laughs> we seniors can forget things too, you, you'll, you'll find out. <laughs> but anyway, he's a light to my feet and a lamp to my pathway. So we always have to remember that too. And I have some other scriptures for you, but at the moment it does not does not fit what I have to say. Something, sometimes the Holy Spirit changes things, you know? So it was something that happened to me not long ago. I had a dear friend. She introduced me to my husband last year. She, uh, I think it was last year she passed away. But she, I didn't, we weren't, we weren't close like that anymore. And so I, but I would call her every year, you know, to keep in touch. And before she died, I had seen her at uh, Woodman. And I saw her and I was behind her and I just stood there and waited. And then I called her name and she turned around and you know they all called me Peaches. And she said, Peaches. And we, we hugged each other, you know. And she told me, she said, call me. Well, me, I let the flush get in the way. Because I said, I always call her. I told my husband I saw her and I said, she didn't, she looked, Feeble. I said, she looked kind of old, you know, or something. So I said, something's wrong. But I said, I'm not going to call her. I said, let her call me. I always called her. She had a niece that was in my cell group. And one morning she called me and told me she was gone. She was saved, but she told me she was gone. And that bothered me so much. It bothered me so much because I didn't pick up the phone and call her. I didn't, as a young lady said, I didn't humble myself and be the better person. And these things happen, you know. And I was seeking the Lord about it, you know. And I was talking to my oldest son about it. And he gave me, um, he gave me a little, a little uh, allergy or something. He said I, he got this from a, a, um, a conference that he was at. He was in school. And he said and the professor showed him a picture, what he, the picture is like, you see them rocket ships going up in space? And he said, you see all that stuff that fall off of it after it gets so far up? He said, everybody is not meant to go all the way. Everybody is not meant to go all the way with you. So sometimes all those things have to fall off, you know? You gotta let go. You gotta let go. 
over-functioning in helping people, it's okay. I'll go all the way with them, but I won't carry them all the way. I point them to Jesus if they need my help, fine. But I'm not going to carry them all the way because even God has the birds that kick their, their children out of the nest and they got to fly. I'm not meant to go all the way because I'm just a booster. And Jesus does, and God does the rest. He says that some of us water, some of us sow, some of us, we all are meant to have a part in it. We don't do all the work. And God said he does the increase. So sometimes we got to let go. Because people start depending on you and not looking at Christ. Because in my cell group, I always have the lady to do some of the uh, um, uh, lessons in the cell group. I give them things to do. And I had someone say to me one time, well, you the teacher. I'm not the teacher. I just facilitate. We all in here is in this thing together. You facilitate too. You got to learn too. They told me I was the teacher. <laughs> so you, you're supposed to be doing this. And that hit me. You ain't learning your lesson. You know, and you're going to have a hard way to go. So I didn't let her do the lesson that I intended for her to do because her, her heart was in the wrong place. And God also looked at our attitudes, you know. So I, I'm glad that you were able to learn things from Jerry that you won't have to go through some of the things that we had to go through to get to know what we know now. You have to set priorities. And you have to set boundaries. We are all not gifted in the same thing. And another thing, it's the 20... <laughs> it's the 20% in the church that doing all the work is, is, is being overfunctioned in the first place. If the 80% will come along and do their part, then we will not be overfunctioned. If the feet would do the part that the feet is supposed to do and the hand and the fingers and all that, then we wouldn't have a problem. We wouldn't be, we wouldn't be burned out. You, you got to come on board and do your part too because you're going to have to answer to God for it because he gave you gifts and talents and ability. Then use them to glorify and edify and build up the body of Christ. And then watch what, what you did in somebody else. I love to see people grow, and I love to see how God used them afterwards. I had a, a young lady that was in my group. She called me, and she was so excited there in Florida. And she was so excited because they started to go out, and they were uh, uh, at the homeless, under, under a bridge somewhere. Anyway, she met somebody in the, at the food, in, not the food pantry. They were serving food for the homeless. And she said the Holy Spirit led her to pray for her. This girl was always afraid. She had a spirit of fear. She lost that spirit of fear. But also teaching her to pray around a few people so she wouldn't be uh, scared to pray for many people. So she said the Holy Spirit had to pray for the guy. She, she started praying in tongues. And she said she was praying in the spirit. And then she stopped and she was feeding the man. The man was looking at her real strangely. And he came back and he asked her, you know Portuguese? And she said, no, I don't speak Portuguese. She said, I don't speak a foreign language. He, was, he said, but you were speaking to me in Portuguese. So she called to tell me that she knew her tongues now. She knew what it was. So don't, don't, don't put your light under a bushel and hide it, okay? But let it shine the way the Bible tells us to let it shine. You don't have to overfunction. You just say, as they always say, and I hear them use this word all the time. I got it from Sister Judy. Stay in your lane. If you use your gift, stay in your lane. God bless you. Parkline Assembly of God exists to share the light, life, and love of Jesus Christ. As a part of this mission, join us for special services workshops, and encounters. Park Lawn Assembly of God is located at 3725 North Sherman Boulevard, right in the heart of the city of Milwaukee. You can contact us by phone or on the web at either 414-442-7411 or at www.parklawn.org. I hope to meet you soon.